Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Now, today's guest is Demi Stratman. Yes, she's back. We had such a great conversation the first time, and people, it was a very popular episode. I was looking at the analytics. I was like, people are digging the conversation. Uh, so I wanted to have her back on to talk about some other things related to life and success and purpose. And hopefully, you know, once again, uh, you will benefit from the gems that she will drop. So for those who are listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify, will you please introduce yourself again to me? Again. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. My name is Demi. I am 22 years old, um, born and raised in proud Washingtonian, just graduated from Dartmouth this June. Um, I am passionate about government and public service, uh, spend a lot of my time doing that, but I also have a plethora of hobbies that I give my free time to. Um, so yeah. I think that's good to stop that. <laughs> yes, yes. And get, getting her fits together for when everything opens getting up. Getting her fits together. <laughs> now it has to be fall fits. There's no more summer fits. <laughs> so last time I really enjoyed the conversation and we had, you dropped a lot of gems in terms of purpose and other, other things. But I'm curious because, you know, when you say you were 22, I was like, Wow. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm like, whoo. I'm sitting here 46, like, oh my goodness. Like, my wife and I went through the drive through and the girl was like, sir. And I was like, I need to give me some just for me and something. I got to get this worked out, getting called sir in the drive through. Uh, so I'm just curious who is Demi Stratman? Yeah. And what defines you? This is like the worst question when they ask you like during an interview. This is a question I dread, but this is not an interview environment. So I feel like I could be a little bit more, you know, less corporate. Um, who is Jimmy? I feel like what people don't know is Demi is a very like outgoing person. Um, and I feel like my just character of being able to just be free, be down to do things, um, benefits me not only in my professional life, but also the social and then like with the multiple hobbies that I like to take on. Um, so I'm very outgoing. And one thing that I know is that I'm the first person to say that I'm not perfect and I'm fine with that. But with that being said, I love critique. Um, I love constructive criticism. I love figuring out what I can do to be better um, and that constant drive and push to be better, not to be perfect, but to be better um, is really what pushes me every day. And you'll hear like my friends or my family say like, she's just always doing something like she's always um, getting into something new, um, trying to perfect her craft. 
And that's, that's like, I'm very driven and I'm very outgoing. So that those two, those two characteristics really push me far. And I would say what defines me is just like my personality. Um, I think personality is everything. I love my friends because of personality. I love family because of personality. And I think when someone meets me, they're like, oh, Demi, like, she is something. Now, that something could be good or bad, depending on the interaction, but Demi is something in that sense. You're going to remember the vibe. So I think that's who I am in general. Wow. That push to get better, where does that come from? Because there's a lot of people who they're content, they're comfortable with doing enough. You know, even if you look at LeBron, he has worked to improve, to get better. Jordan couldn't, Jordan didn't have a jump shot for those of you who didn't know when he first got in the league, (laughs) but he worked hard to get better as a shooter, defender. You know, not everyone has that in them to say, I'm going to continuously work on myself to get better. Where does that come from? Because again, you know, not that I'm seeing you as someone 22, but I know that you are someone (laughs) who is of a younger age and you're just starting out professionally. Yeah. Um, Well, that's the whole thing. Like it's just starting off. And I feel like these are, for me, I personally feel these are the years where I'm going to be, the most productive. <laughs> I know that I can't, I can't keep staying up all night doing work and where I just, I don't want that life for myself in general. Um, but while I have the time to push, you know, myself in my career, I think I should. And I know that these years are going to define myself professionally. Um, and just to the world, you know, people stop meeting uh, a lot of people as they get older or they stop I don't know if people stop meeting people or they don't want to meet anyone anymore. (laughs) They don't want to network anymore. They don't want to do anything. But I find that people are like, when they talk about their friendships or their, you know, their work and professional achievements, it's all from this time period of like their early twenties to like mid forties type type of general area. And I just want to make sure that during that time period, I wasn't like, okay, I came out of school and I liked my my job and I was in that job forever. It's You always want to make sure, I think for me, it's like, I'm curious. Like, I want to know what would it be like if I just did this differently? Or what would it be like if I went over and beyond in this space and gave a little bit more energy? Um, like, I'm tired, yes, but like, what if I just finish this one spreadsheet so I can move on to this next task? Uh, and I've always been like that because I'm very high energy. So I also get bored easily. Mm. Um, so when I feel like I'm, you know, in a groove or something, and I got something down packed. The next thing for me is like, all right, I'm kind of getting bored of this. How can we up it up a notch? Um, that's That's also where that being better comes from. Wow. So, all right. So what gets you out of bed in the morning, right? So many people, oh my gosh, like the alarm goes off and they hit that snooze, right? They're like, oh, let me give me 15 more minutes because they're just not really excited about getting up and doing, and doing what they're doing. 
Yeah. What work speaks to you the most? Yeah. I only laughed at this because my true friends and my true family knows I sleep. Like, if it's one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to sleep. It's hard. Even my boss, uh, from working with her before, I think in our first meeting, it was like a 9 a.m. brief, you know, like, welcome Demi to the team. She was like, y'all, Demi sleeps. So for her to be here today is a lot. Okay, that's a backstory. But I love sleep. But what gets me out of bed? Um, it has to be powerful. That's all I was trying to get to. It has to be powerful. And I think I talked about it a little bit more on your last show. But if I don't want to do something, it's very obvious. If I don't like it, it's very obvious. I can't hide my emotions. Um, and I don't really try to, but I know I can't. Um, and just knowing that my work is actually making a difference on the ground will inspire me to keep going. I feel like a lot of people do work and they can't connect it to real life mm-hmm. or what they see. And that's hard because it's literally, you're like working mm-hmm. for a vision. I can't work only for a vision. Um, I have to see it. I have to see something. I have to see some results. Uh, and I have to be able to connect those results to my work. Or at least feel like my work has inspired some differences in the world that I that I live in, um, and that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Uh, or if I truly, for example, I love dancing too. So if I truly love to do it, if I know it makes me happy, um, I'll get up for it. All right. So I need to ask you this because I didn't ask you that the first interview, but how did you? sort of get turned on to the whole Middle East and all of that coming from, you know, where you came from. I, yeah. I don't necessarily see that as a, like a direct yeah. line to that. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because I portray, and I know I am, I'm black, 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 black. I always tell people that. Um, and people ask me because, they're like, oh, like, what are you? Are you mixed with anything? Like, no, I'm black. Because if you see me walking down the street, what you going to say? Oh, she's black. Or if police see me driving down the street, what they going to say? That's the most important thing. I go by the one drop rule still. And I'm black and black, black. But my mother is actually adopted. And her home country is Tunis, Tunisia. Um, and I remember uh, traveling with her. And because she is a U.S. citizen, but she still, like, is stamped with that pass. We were traveling every, when I say every time we went to the airport, this woman got questioned, um, pulled in for questioning during TSA. I was like, low, we can't make a flight. Like, we had to go to the airport three hours earlier when it came to her because of that. And from that point on, I was like, okay, like what's going on as a younger kid? But when I started getting into politics um, in the international community, and also living in D.C., um, you know, you are just entrenched in what's going on in the world a little bit more. Um, and I think people are so, like, interested in what life is only here in America. When for me, it's like, like, if you think about all the situations and circumstances and relationships when it comes to international uh, relations between the U.S. and not only the entire Middle East, what's this? specifically with like Iran or you can go even specific and say like with Egypt um 
it just was so inter- interesting to me because that is history, culture, um, money all tied into a relationship. And it's kind of figuring out how can these countries coexist um, all fighting for power is what we say. Um, if you're a realist in the international relations community, which I am. So it was just so interesting because it's, it's conflict. I think it's all conflict resolution um, with a lot at stake, uh, you know, human life at stake, uh, money at stake. So I just always enjoyed it because it's always just an issue. It's like good gossip. It's just, it's like, now what they do again? Oh my God. And then you go, okay, so what are we going to do? And it's kind of just like a political beef and you're trying to, and then as a diplomat, you go in, you try to squash it. I love that. Um, I love it. All right. So what was that? Uh, what was an aha moment that taught you that you could take ownership of your career? When I found out that a lot of people who are in these high positions are smart. Um, I think there's, especially in American culture, that people believe the person who works 24-7, who doesn't sleep, who is always early to work and always leaves work late, is the person that, like, gets all the glory and assets and clout in this world and that is not the truth um i became confident when i realized that you know intelligent people are very rare there's a lot of people faking it till they make it so why not like go out there and give it your best shot and if you mess up that is fine because at least you try and you're perfecting your craft because there's a lot of people out there who are really faking it so if you want to fake it till you make it, go ahead. But at least, like, if you understand that if you try a little harder um, and work smarter, not harder, you can go a, a long way. Um, and just understanding that when, I walk in, when you walk into a room, if you want to be prepared, you can. Um, and it shows. Uh, it's, just, it's really having that confidence when you, when you know that you're in a meeting, you can speak your truth, you understand and feel 100% of what you're saying, you believe yourself, then it doesn't really matter. If people don't feel you, they don't feel you, but at least you feel yourself. All right. Now, it's interesting that you bring up intelligence because it is, people don't, pray. I feel as though people don't praise that Mm-hmm. as much as we used to mm. right now it's you know it's about celebrity or cool or what have you instead of the whole understanding of what the real game is about mm. even like I, I love this tv show called leverage I, I watch it almost every night before i go to bed but there's a character named hardison he's a hacker Mm-hmm. And he'll tell people the age of the gig baby. But when you look at like some of the wealthiest people in this country, these ain't entertainers, exactly. right? Like these are cats from the tech space, most of them, mm-hmm. who come with that level, that, that next level intelligence. 
why is that such an important, I guess, attribute for you when, again, what, we're, what we see around us, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. right, isn't something that is sort of lauded. It's not put, yeah. it's not something that's put on display. It's not something that people sort of clap for. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I'll, I'll even take a step back. And you said that people who, like in the textbook, like their geniuses, I wouldn't even say that. I think that those people have just mastered understanding, you know, the needs of humans in their time. For example, Amazon. Jeff Bezos knows that people are lazy. He knows that people would like to go on one website and find every single thing that they need from kitchen to shopping. And then if you can give it to them in two days, it's so I don't think that that's like he's a genius. Of course, he's a genius because he came up with it first. But I just think those are people who are connected um, and not connected in the sense of social media. Like I have fans. I have people who follow me. I have clout connected in the sense you understand what's going on around you so, so well that you can you can act and I'm not going to, I'm specifically not using the word profit because also people equate intelligence to, you know, assets or what someone has. No, when you're so intelligent that you understand how the world operates around you. So you can be two steps ahead of it. And I think now in our lifetime, especially with my generation, I will put this a lot on my generation. We value things a lot. And I will even say that I am victim to the first time we got on the call. What did I tell you about? I told you I was going shopping and I'm going to be real. This is, this is better in myself. I know my downfalls. I know them, but I will say with my generation, we, we give, you know, we prioritize things that will not really sustain us intelligence will always sustain you um it's my mom used to say one thing that they can't take from you is your mind (laughs) um is your intelligence so i i prioritize that because information is key um the more information you know the better you can act in various situations so i really being smart is cool to me i love intelligence um and I think it gets you it's, it gets you farther than anything in this world. It definitely gets you farther than some dang social media cloud now. Um, or I will even say it myself, or outfit. And that was hard for me. But it's the truth. <laughs> hey, I hear you. I hear you. My wife is much <clears throat> smarter than I am. I, I, I was looking at her undergraduate degrees and, and and it was like you know summa cum laude and i was like mine was thank you laude because I, <laughs> I was like i was like i didn't wake up till i was grown before i was able to like really go okay let's go get it that yeah. first degree huh i was at school enjoying myself a little too a <laughs> little too much i just barely that's got up okay. that's okay as long as I feel like, but, okay, I will say people think that, that learning ends when you leave school. 
And I feel like a lot of me and my friends have been discussing this because some people, for us now, it's expected for you to go to college. That's kind of like what a high school degree used to be about like 20 years ago. It's, but I don't feel like you learning is only limited to going to graduate schools. Learning is just making sure, like I said, you're on top of it. What is going on in the world? You have to make sure that you are still connected and that you can still engage in the conversation and you just not out here living off of that Dartmouth education you got back in 2016. Like, you got to update your views. You got to make sure that you know what's going on. Um, so I've been, that's one thing I've been focusing on. Because when you get out of school, you know, you don't want to read a New York Times article for about 15 months to have to get into school. I'm tired of reading I read a lot in school and I had my moment where I wasn't looking at a book, but now it's like, you have to make sure you're engaged um, in any way. No doubt. No doubt. I have a, a course that I paid for that I keep going back to that I need to finish. Uh, Cause I'm trying to get myself to the next level. How do you stay connected to, to your goals and how do you not get 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 in your own way hmm. I would say that's that's a hard question because I feel like my goals are always shifting and changing um because going back to a point that I already said before I I am someone who's always like, okay, let's move on to something different, which might be my downfall as well. But that's how I just continue to push the envelope to myself. Um, I feel like I stay connected because I want to be better. I want to be better than Demi from yesterday. You know, I want to be better from Demi from, uh, from last month, from last year. And that's how I, that's, that's how I stay motivated. I don't know if it's the same question, but my motivation is I would hate to look back, even though 2020 was a year. It was If you ain't do nothing 2020, it is fine because, child, it was a year. But I would hate to look back and say, all 2020, I really have nothing that I can look back and be proud of and say, like, this is, this is how I changed as a person. It could be – it doesn't have to be professionally. It doesn't have to be, you know – and it counts to what your possessions. It could really be a mindset, how you change, how you became a better person, fitness. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's just being connected and saying, like, I want to do this. I'm going to make sure I do it. So when I look back, I can at least say, like, look where we – look how far we came. Like, now let's try to go a little farther. Um, and how do I get out of my own way? I, I – I'm really trying to be honest, and I get it get in my way a lot. I've been trying though. Um, I feel like my my carefree attitude sometimes might prohibit me from being great. Sometimes, because I'm the first to be like, "Well, it ain't work." Like moving on. Like, what's the next thing? And, like, reflecting, yes, but also being, like, whatever, it's a million different things to do in this world. I'm not going to, like, relish on that. When I can really sit back and say, let's try a new a new way. Um, I'm kind of a person, if it doesn't work out the first time, I'm so used to success sometimes that if it doesn't go my way the first time, I'm like, all right, forget it. 
Um, mm. And I think that might prevent me from reaching goals when, you know, in a timely fashion. I'll say that. Interesting. Interesting. How do you deal with friends and family who don't support your growth? And then make your friends or your family. Oh. I feel like, okay, friends. Let's start with the friends. Cause yeah. you know, family is a little twist and turns. Friends who don't support your growth. Friends, I feel like they're, mm, this is hard one. I'm not trying to be shady either. I don't know who's going to listen to this. I hey. be, actually, I'm going to be real. What I try to be real so I can be real? <laughs> I will say, if a friend is not supporting your growth, then that's not your friend. Why do I say that? Because what is the role of a friend in your life? It's to enhance your lifestyle. It's someone that you should go to um, in times of need. Not only in times of need, you shouldn't just be that one friend that always got a problem and always calling someone. No. You should be a friend, though, meaning you support someone if you know that that's what they really want to do, if that's what makes them happy, even if you don't agree, um, if it's not harming them, mm-hmm. per se. Uh, that's my feeling on that. So if your friend is out here not supporting you, you know, wanting to level up your life, maybe they got something going on. Maybe they don't like you. Um, that's a different conversation we need to have. Um, now, if a friend is just doesn't understand your growth or doesn't understand the lifestyle that you're living because you guys, you know, are in different spaces in life, that's a different conversation. Um, but at the same time, you can't hinder yourself because of another person's position. And I feel like that that's where it does get a little... Um, a little sticky with those relationships because you know everybody wants to stay down everybody wants to be loyal a loyal friend especially to childhood friends i hear this a lot um but you know you can't fight differences or you know people taking different paths in life and i think it's fine to understand those differences and to leave on a good hand if but that only happens if everybody is what is the word um no, I, it's not responsible. Uh, if everyone can actually act like grown-ups. <laughs> and usually people cannot do that in life. So, moving on to family members who don't support you. I kind of want to put them in the role with the friends. Because if a family, just because someone is your family member, don't mean that they can bring you negativity in your life. Um, and sadly, I will be the first person to say I live by that. Because... If you got a lot going on, the last thing you need is someone who's supposed to be blood messing up everything and not making you feel, you know, that you're capable. Mm. And I'm I'm all about cutting off all types of negativity. Um, it's really sad if it's a family member, but sometimes that's how it has to be. I hear you. I hear you. <clears throat> For me, the reason I the the question for me to ask you came up to mind is when you meet someone and let's say you have been friends uh, for an extended period of time. Yeah. You meet each other at this space. 
Exactly. But as time goes on, both individuals should change. Exactly. Should grow. But sometimes people don't necessarily grow or see life the same way at a certain time. And there's, I guess, that conflict can come up when, you know, you tell someone, you know, look, I just, I have a chance to move to Tokyo to head this division for my job. And someone's like, what are you talking about going to Tokyo for? You know, what? Great. You're right. And you're thinking, what, dog? You saying the story of my life. <laughs> I try to tell a book and you read it. No, you are, you are spot on, like spot on. And I think the problems are people feel so bad when they get to that space, especially if they're the person like, we're just not on the same wave anymore. Um, and you don't want people to take it bad, you know, take it the bad way, but it's just, if we sit down, we have a conversation and our conversation's not even, you know, there no more with each other. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's just, we are in different places in life. We want different things. And I'm not saying that what you want is not, you know, okay or good for you. I'm just saying that I can't be on that energy no more. Um, and it's, I feel like this is something that comes up, especially when you leave college. Um, because real life hits you, adulthood hits you, and you can't be out there with your friends, you know, who go out every day. Like my, my friends who's still in college, who's still living that lifestyle. I can't, I can't live that lifestyle with y'all no more. But also, you know, you also want to be a good friend and you want to be loyal. You know, you want to be a, a loyal person. Mm. Well, I tell people, I saw that. I tell people that I started this podcast. <laughs> the purpose of this podcast is to encourage educators, right? To live the kind of life they don't need a vacation from. Yeah. That life where they're not looking at that calendar just going, okay, I got this many days before Christmas break. I got this many days before spring break. Because they're counting down the year. What does that kind of life look like for you? I feel like the when I feel like okay, I want to start with the work piece because I feel like a lot of people equate their unhappiness to their work. Um and like people are, oh, I can't stand this job. I need a vacation from this job, like being very specific. Um, and I feel like that's when work-life balance just is not there. Um, I'm not saying that I walk into work smiling, uh, or not even walking to work. What am I talking about? I'm not saying I joined that Zoom call at 9 a.m. Look at me trying to act like I was in a real workplace. Stop. The faking has to stop. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm always happy to be up and on every zoom call and my meetings back to back that I'm just smiling ear to ear. No, that's not the truth, but you should be balanced enough where you are not dreading your lifestyle. Like you are not dreading the entire work week from Monday to Friday that you hate everything until you get to that Friday at five 30. Um, and that life for me is making sure that I am healthy. You know, I still get to do things I love, such as dance, such as work out. Um, 
hang out with my friends, uh, hang out with family, making sure that I still have that time of those, you know, great moments of my life where working, like, my days at work aren't really, you know, factoring into my whole well-being or how I, how my emotions, how I feel on a daily basis. Um, it's very hard if you just generally don't love what you do. That is a fight when you have to be tuned in eight hours a day to do something that you dislike. I think doing something you actually care for factors in, but you know, I, I also feel like vacations are fine. Like, I'm not sitting here. Like, I will never go on a vacation. No, I love vacations. I just think living a holistic lifestyle um, will not make you dread life until you got that one, you know, seven-day week off and you can go on a vacation, if that makes sense. I hear you. It's been awesome again, kicking it with you. I know. I, I, I don't want to – I was going to, you know, hold back and say we have to reschedule this 15 million times, but I'm happy that we did. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So before we go, what is your advice to those folks who aren't moving forward? They haven't taken an opportunity. They haven't applied for a job. They haven't looked at grad school or whatever because they were afraid of the unknown. I live by this. The worst thing somebody could say to you is no. And no, no doesn't hurt that much. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're going to be sad, but who cares? Um, you miss every shot that you don't take. Uh, and I think living by that is critical. It's key. Not being scared of denial is a power, a superpower. Um, mm. And I don't, I don't think, I think in the world that we live in now, only people only highlight, you know, the good moments. Um, when they got that job, when they got that car, when they got that boyfriend, girlfriend, (laughs) you know, people are only showing you the greatest points of their lives. However, people aren't showing you, you know, getting denied from that internship, getting denied from, you know, work opportunities, uh, not receiving that, that raise or that promotion. And I'll be the first to say, like, I've been denied. Like, it's, I do not, I did not get every internship or every job offer that I applied to. However, what did I do? I didn't let that stop me. And I kept going. Um, And I think that's, you know, my biggest accomplishment. Because now I look back and say, it's crazy because I love what I do. But if I would have took that job that I was denied from, like, I would have no clue, you know, that this was my calling. So it's it's something positive. And you like, okay, the worst thing someone can say is no to you. Yes, but that doesn't mean that it's the end all for life. Um, I know if I didn't make my team, my cheer team, I could have tried out next year. You know, if I didn't get that job, I can apply next year. If I didn't get into that law school, I can apply for next semester, you know? So it's it's like having that will, that drive to keep going and you just not fearing denial. When you don't fear denial, I feel like you can go so far. You can pitch to, you can have a terrible, no, I won't say terrible. You can have a not so good, you know, business plan. But if you're not scared of denial, pitching into a million people, 
you're going to start getting feedback and then it's going to be a great plan because of all that denial. Um, so that's just my view on life. Maybe it's too carefree. Actually, no, I think that's a great way to live life. <laughs> hey, I like it. I mean, that's how I do this podcast. People, people say, how do you get those guests? I said, I'm not afraid of no. So when I approach, you know, the CEO of Hintwater or whatever, and uh, which she said yes. And most of the time people do say yes. But yeah. when they say no or they don't get back to me, now I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, I, was, I, I felt a little, little kind of way. But now it's like if they don't respond or they say no, then I just move on to the next person. Yeah. Because... I'm just like, yo, I just got to move on. I can't. And that's life in general. Yeah. You got to move on. Life does not stop for nobody. Um, and I think this pandemic showed it. I think, I think a lot of things will show it. Life really, time in general, does not stop for anyone. So if you sit in there and go and let one opportunity no, not even one opportunity, multiple opportunities pass you by because of fear, your time is like running out. Um, and that's scary. That should scare you more than denial. Your time is running out and you're not doing anything. Mm. That scares me. That might give me a nightmare tonight. <laughs> Yo, your listeners going to be tired of me. They're going to be like, this is the last, the last time I need to hear from this girl. <laughs> no, no, it's awesome conversation. Awesome conversation. Uh, so thank you for coming back on. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great. You are welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This episode will be going on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify. I need you to subscribe, leave your comments. I like the stars, people. But can I get some comments? Can I get some reviews? <laughs> I'm trying to be found. And I'm trying to get Oprah on the show. I remember. Not, yes. And I reached out to Oprah. No response. But I'm going to keep on asking Oprah. And in every episode, I keep putting her name up in this bad boy. Because one of these days, Oprah is coming up on my show. And then, and then I'm going to quit my job. And I'm going to someone else. And I'm going to say, listen, it's podcasting for real, forever, for life. <laughs> I got Oprah. Uh, so again, I like they might get Demi Stratman for coming on and again having such a great conversation and sharing her insights. I'd like to thank you again, people, for checking out the Dr. Will Show, the, Mo the mobile universe of entrepreneurs, and hanging out with me for the past six years. As always, people, invest in you, eat you, peace. <laughs> <laughs>